divisive issues contains language unsuitable for children and adults, but probably acceptable for those troll people from the Batman Odyssey issue because they're trolls and not gnomes. Look, just don't listen to this, okay? Maybe listen to that episode, but not this. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. You guys ready for the big finale of our spooktacular? Oh man, what yeah. a month it's been. Are you guys <laughs> uh, excited for Halloween? I am. Especially after reading this book. Yeah. Is anyone, is anyone planning on any cool costumes? Uh, me and old co-host Ariel are going to be Green Arrow and Black Canary. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Did, did you force her... Did you force her into it? No, it was her idea. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, Ariel has lost my respect. Stinks, Daryl. We were thinking about doing uh, Rick and Morty, but I would be Morty and she'd be Rick. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Morty, uh, we should get married. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that, Rick. <laughs> I'll probably be sitting at home watching Halloween movies. So. Oh. I mean, I don't know if I actually have plans to go anywhere, but we were like, we should at least dress up. But we have to find somewhere. We should uh, dress up for our SNM session. I like yeah, the idea exactly. of you guys just dressing up alone together. In yeah, the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's their fetish. Don't judge. <laughs> what about you, Daryl? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to sit in my room and jerk off all day. <laughs> to Halloween movies. Well, you have to. You have to keep it thematic. You can tell since yeah. joining the show, Daryl's improv comedy skills have really gone through the roof. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, um... For our final week of the spooktacular <laughs> month, uh, for week one we did uh, when horror comics came back into uh, the mainstream of Dracula and Marvel comics. Then we did uh, when they started getting more prestigious with uh, DC and its, and its uh, predecessor to Vertigline with Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Then we did uh, horror uh, in other country. <laughs> in other country, yeah. uh, country singular. Me and uh, me, I'm going to speak. But um, we did horror manga to show how manga horror manga evolved in Japan. And now we're going to do our like we said before. The one comic we we start up to date with is Archie. So we're doing one of the uh, modern Archie <laughs> comics, Afterlife of Archie. Did anyone find out when the horror manga came out? Uh, Dale? <laughs> Which ones? Any of them. <laughs> I, uh, I know uh, Marigar Falls came out in 1999. Okay. Because I do my research unlike Daryl. Yeah, the rest are before that. Okay, so like the <laughs> 90s. So that works because then 70s, 80s, 90s, well, and then... I think well, the, the, some of them are much earlier. I think the, yeah. the first one was 60s. Or something. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You can yeah. tell by just the, the art style. It's like really old. Well, know. he actually... Even his newer stuff like in the 90s has that art style. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, so, fuck uh, me, I guess. Fuck Instead of uh, talking about retroactively trying to fix our previous fucked up episode, <laughs> let's try to work on not fucking this one and talk about Afterlife Archie. So, I, I just need to say that after reading Archie vs. Predator as my only Archie experience, I was really not excited for this. I was pretty turned off to Archie at this t- at this point, and I was like, I don't care about these characters, I don't want to see them in a ho- in, even in a horror setting. And my tune changed pretty quickly. Did we learn another lesson about judging a book by his cover film? <laughs> 
Uh, you know what? I think it was fair to judge it because... So his book sucks. Okay. No, that's not. I judged it because I should judge most things by the way that they appear to be originally. And then I, I give them a chance and they can sway me differently. We're doing the first volume of Afterlife with Archie, which is the first five issues. I want to discuss a little bit about the history behind this because okay. it has a very interesting history. First of all, I want to talk about the creative team. And let me say the names. Let me read the names because I'm going to say them wrong because I always do. Robert Aguirre, Sacasa. Roberto, bro. Fuck. <laughs> the one word you probably knew how to say. <laughs> and it's probably, it's probably uh, Aguirre. Aguirre, Sacasa, and Francesco Francavilla. And these two are two of my favorite modern creators definitely uh i just want to i, I want to give this backstory on robert roberto <laughs> that the guy on him because he actually has an interesting way he got in- introduced into comics because he was originally a playwright oh. and uh he worked on the play called about archie uh what? where he made what is he, that thing he made well, but here's the thing so he worked on the play about archie where he revealed archie was gay and the day before it was supposed to be released, Archie uh, Comics, the, the publisher, sent him a cease and desist letter saying, you don't make this fucking play. And so he's like, okay, I, I won't. And, but he just changed the names around and released that something else. <laughs> but the um, interesting about that is Marvel and like I saw that play and other plays, and they were like, this guy knows a lot about comics. And they said, hey, you want to write comics for us? And he was like, sure. And he wrote Fantastic Four for Marvel for a while, a uh, run I really liked, where the Fantastic Four went bankrupt. Um mm. And um, then he, he actually became the chief creative officer for Archie. Uh, what happened was this book actually um, was actually a joke. Sorry, it was a joke because there was a, a series of time called Life of Archie. And as a Halloween, like little fun thing, they released a variant cover where it was drawn in the classic horror style. Uh, and it's an afterlife of Archie. And it's Archie saying, oh, gee, Willikers, everyone turned to zombies. What do I do? Shucks on the cover. And people were like, can you make this into an actual comic? And Archie's like, sure. Did Francavilla do that cover? Yes, he did. That's awesome. Yeah, and so they got the original artist for that cover, and they got Robert Aguirre Sacasa, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa <laughs> to do the, the writing. And I think they're both fantastic. Fantastic Four. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of both of them a lot. I really loved what Francavilla did in his Batman stuff with Scott Schneider, and Roberto's stuff is just great across the board. We should describe uh, Franco Villa's art because uh, it's very unique. I would compare it to it's very reminiscent of like old, like nineteen forties comics. Like it's trying to purposely go for that kind of style with the covers saying like all oh, new chilling tales, and like the the, the 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 place where they write the issue numbers in the coffin. Like it's going for a very like old school kind of comic style and um the colors are extremely vibrant yeah like, if you look at uh french friend francavilla's twitter account he does a lot of like period sketches where it'll be like 1970s batman it'll be like a clint eastwood style kind of batman thing or like 1920s yeah. you know superman and it's it's he does really really cool like period work yeah for this comic in particular he kind of picks out two to three colors to accompany this kind of like orange reddish color throughout most yep. of the panels it's like the orange that orange red color is used as a highlight and they usually has like blues or yellows or light greens like he, he tries to keep it very consistent while still looking very appealing yeah some pages only have like two colors that's on what them. i was gonna say when i when i was skimming through it just now it's like they're even though the colors are vibrant there is like a very definite like color theme throughout all, all the pages it is like that orange then the, like those bright blues then the subdued blues, 
then more orange. It's very like it's very thematic. Yeah, the art style that. was my yeah. favorite thing about this book. Because reading into it, I was like, "This is this is really cool." And there's like really strong dark black shadows across everyone. Yeah, and especially yeah. with the like ginger characters, like Archie and the like rich kids, Shower Blossom. Yeah, it pops so much in yeah. like sometimes it'll be a whole page of total darkness, except like the R on Archie's sweater and like his hair, and it just it really stands out. And it's it's his awesome. Team Rocket sweatshirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, to start this off. The story, every issue of this comic begins with a black page and text from the, that will show up in the issue itself. And I, I love this a lot because it's, it sets up a really foreboding tone for what's, what's to come in the story. And uh, the first uh, instance of this shows a black page and red, uh, what looks like blood dripping down from the page, forming the, uh, the text. This is how the end of the world begins. I actually love this effect. Jonathan Hickman uses it in all of his trades for Marvel, and I just think it's, especially in this book, it sets the tone really, really well, like every time. Yeah. So the story opens up with a person running towards a house, and the narration says, At the witching hour. At the, at the witching hour, that darkest hour in the dead of night. And uh, we, we cut to inside. It turns out it's Sabrina's house. Sabrina's part of Archie, guys. Spoilers. This blew, blew my mind again. I was again like, what the hell is Sabrina the Teenage Witch doing here? But okay. And uh, they do an interesting thing with um, Aunt Helda and Zelda in the story. They're more like the creepy uh, twins from The Shining rather than the fun, lovable characters that we all know and love. And like when, when, they knock, when uh, the person running towards the house starts knocking on the door, they say, Who in the name of the coven? Knocking at this hour is always an ill omen, a grim portent. Sabrina, girl, don't open that door. And Sabrina's like pretty casual, like, like casual Sabrina, like, oh, honestly, Anthony, there's a spell protection around this house. Everything's fine. But she opens the door and sees uh, Jughead uh, holding his dead dog, hot dog, in his arms. It, yeah, it's a full page of him. And he's got like a black shadow around his back, and he's backlit by that, that ruddy orange. Yeah. Yeah. And it's here just streaming down his face. It's just... hot dog, Sabrina. A car hit him in. And Sob, I need your help. Sob. <laughs> <laughs> Insert Sob here. That's one thing I, I do love about this comic. There are some kind of homages to classic archery because whenever people cry in archery, they always say Sob or Choke. Oh, no. I think a lot of the characters are, like, spot on. Yeah. So, uh, so, so... I, I don't know where to discuss this, but that was my problem with this comic. <laughs> what? The sob choke? No, it's a good zombie story, but it happens to Archie. <laughs> that's what makes me love it. I feel like that's kind of like in built into the premise. I feel like we can't really. We have to see how well they do in those confines. I know, and I, but I you have, like you didn't finish it thinking like this is an awesome zombie story that didn't need to be Archie at all. Because that's how I felt. I was like this. I, this was such a good zombie story, but like the fact that it was Archie meant nothing to me. I actually and, like, feel the opposite, but I. I I feel like it detracted from it. We'll talk about it later because this is a huge discussion. I want. Yeah, this is definitely like the recap page part because it's it's kind of hard to talk about it without having gone through the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it turns out Hot Dog is dead, and the 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 Hilda and Zelda say he's dead. Um, He was right dead when you brought him to us. It was still life, so it might have been done, but now it's too late. Uh, She says, "Once the breath of life has left the body, there are limits to even our powers." And and Jughead says, oh, can't you just bring him back? And they're like, blasphemy, you're talking about necromancy, boy, the most dangerous magic. No, m- make your peace, say your goodbyes, remember. Sometimes dead is better. 
which is a reference to uh, uh, Pet Cemetery. Yep. There's a lot of references to horror stories in this uh, series, which is one of the things I love about it. But uh, so Sabrina says, "Sorry, we can't help you," and Jacob just walks off crying. And most importantly, he tells her, "You know, I loved him just as much as you love Salem, her pet." Yeah, and that, that really strikes a chord with her. Where she's like, "I, I can't imagine losing him." Yeah, and uh, so then she goes and takes a Necromonicon from her, her, steals it from her aunts. I like how this is in the library. <laughs> yeah. And um, Salem's so just like, uh, they'll kill you, and she's just like, cover for me. And he says it'll be 1692 all over again. The yeah. Salem witch trials. Yeah, yeah, Salem says that they're going to burn her at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then uh, Sabrina flies to uh, Jughead's window and says, come meet me by the hot dog's doghouse. And the two fly together to... <laughs> Uh, a swamp, and um, she asks Jughead to bury uh, Hot Dog, saying she can't do it because uh, he's uh, Hot Dog was his pet and it belongs to him. I think she's just lazy and is pretending that that's part yeah. of the spell. <laughs> yeah, and so she casts a spell, and now the, uh, she tells Jughead go home and wait, and don't tell anyone. But it turns out when he gets home, the two uh, Anne Hilda and Zelda knew what happened, and. Um, now they look like fucking uh, ghouls flying at her. It's so creepy. It's like this this whole like full page thing of like that they, they really look like these like banshees uh, half that are page. like yeah, yeah. it's a half yeah. page. Oh, a, I was gonna right, let that right. one go. I'm glad. All right, all right, guys, it's a half page, and you know what? I'm done. I'm done talking. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Talk talk about whatever you want. It's um, a it's, it look like fucking uh, banshees flying at Sabrina. Not Banshee the X Men. No, like like Banshee the X Men. Yeah, they have like they have yellow and green costumes now, uh, and they say no need. There are rules, niece. You disobeyed us and broke the covenant. And the other one says, "Which law demands swift punishment? I really wish of your powers." Followed by immediate banishment. And they basically do that bit from the Matrix where they say, "Well, uses a phone call, Mr. Anderson, if you have no mouth," and they basically <laughs> make Sabrina's mouth go away, and they banish her to limbo to the Nether Realm for a year. Yeah, yeah. and they say, uh, "Don't worry, you won't miss anything," which is ironic considering what happens especially since the next narrative bubble says the next morning riverdale high less than 12 hours to first contagion <laughs> yeah so they, they they immediately go into full like zombie story narrative format yeah yeah and we uh cut to uh the now we get to the R- riverdale gang with archie betting veronica and they're arguing over who's gonna t- who Archie's gonna take over t- to dance not just that but both girls need to know what kind of dresses they're gonna wear like yeah. Veronica is either gonna be sexy witch or sexy gypsy and, and Betty was like oh I wanna be a girl from the Hitchcock movie Janet Leigh from Psycho Tippy Hedren from The Birds and Archie's just like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about Betty <laughs> yeah he actually <laughs> says that <laughs> yeah uh, this is too obscure movie trivia for me but um I'm the Archie of the story I guess <laughs> so uh then Archie goes to Reggie but, and says oh what, what do I do with these crazy women women, women alright guys but uh, Reggie is distracted and we have flashbacks and Reggie's the jock guy right uh, he's like the jer- the, yeah, he's the, the jerk. Of the- he's the jerk of the group. He's the frat boy. Moose is the jock of the group. Uh, we'll see him later. But uh, Reggie um, is having. He's been distracted because he's flashback at last night where we see his car covered with blood, and then we see him uh, right before the hot dog. His car running towards hot dog, basically implying here and over hot dog. Implying, I think that's pretty explicit. <laughs> they seem to make it obvious that he ran over hot dog without explicitly saying it. Yeah, the and subtext then, yeah. here is that uh, the dog in front of the car got hit by the car. <laughs> I, well, you know, you never know. Quite a bit twist. Next page, Hogger flies in front of him and eats his face off. <laughs> yeah. The narrative there is like Archie's still talking to him. Like, why? Did something happen last night? As you see the car skidding in front of the dog. And like Reggie 
after that is uh or no archie's texting um yeah because reggie says you haven't talked to jughead yet today right yeah jughead say i'm sick and uh he texts jughead and he's like oh i got a stomach thing i actually really like that like the they have them texting like throughout lunch and it's in like shorthand text bubble but it's not like obnoxious like yeah. it's not like in super elite speak or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just like very like lowercase, like largely full sentences even. Yeah, but yeah. it's I, I thought it was a nice mix of like still showing the informality of the texting, but without it being like annoying. Uh, yeah. this, this dates itself because there's no emojis used. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we also uh, while they're at the cafeteria, we also have uh, one of the reminding things here is Dylan and Chuck. Chuck the talking black guy and Dylan the loser dork from Archie vs Predator. Uh, they're the one. They're, they're talking about which movie character, which horror movie icon will be another one. They're arguing over whether Freddy can beat Michael or not. Michael Myers from Halloween. From Austin Powers. Fre- Freddy Krueger. No, it's Michael Myers from Austin Powers and Freddy Krueger from Krueger's Convenience Stores. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then uh, we cut to night and uh, Hot Dog returns and he's like, oh, Hot Dog, is that you? Jughead's like that. Hot Dog, is that you? It's me, Jughead. But then uh, we see Hot Dog and he looks like a fucking monster because he's a zombie. It looks like he has rabies. Yeah. yeah. And his eyes are all white. That's the thing. Is it's pretty extreme rabies because like, he's like not just foaming at the mouth. His eyes are like literally gone. They're just white. Yeah. And he, he takes a chomp out of Jughead's arm and we cut to the next day. Eight hours after first contagion, so uh, Archie goes to visit hot, uh, hot dog. He goes to visit uh, Jughead. <laughs> hot dog, are you okay? <laughs> he's just, hot dog is restrained in uh, underneath the patio, and uh, he goes to see Jughead because you know he, he said he was he has stomach thing. But then he goes to see, and now he looks really sick because he just got fucking bitten by a zombie, and he's not a zombie yet. But now uh, he looks pale, and he's you can tell he's dying. And he, and he seems to know something's fucked up because. Uh, Archie's like, what is it, the flu? And he's like, yeah, the super flu. Don't get too close. And he's like, should I call the doctor? And he's like, what I've got, no doctor is going to help me. And we get a flashback to last night. His arm, it looks like a fucking... What's that guy from Akira? Tetsuo? Tetsuo, yeah. It looks like it's fucking doing that, basically. A little bit. It's it's just like a mutated... So for those of us that aren't fucking weebs, yeah, it's all just amputated. It's amputated, mutated. It's all amputated. arm gets cut off. He should have amputated. No, it's all mutated and gross. Yeah. yeah, but um, so um, uh, he asked like, "Oh, is hot dog sick too?" Because he kept him on the patio. And Jughead's like, "No, stay off from hot dog. Don't, don't don't touch him. I'll I'll, I'll get him out later, but don't don't leave him alone. And make sure my mom and dad leave him alone too." And what's sweet here is Archie's like, "I gotta go to the dance, but you know what? I'd I'd rather just skip the dance and come here. We can like just watch uh, like Halloween movies." And he's like, "You're a friend to the end, Arch." And then we cut to the dance. Yeah, I like that. You're a friend to the end, but he says, "Go to the party anyway. Have fun." Yeah. And uh, as he's at the, at the at, as uh, they're at the dance that night, uh, Jughead comes out of his room, clearly a zombie. And his parents are like, "Oh, are you all right? Are you all right, dear? Are you going to dance after all?" And you can see he's just like, <laughs> "I love again." The art is so good. Like this, the room behind him is just that like orange color glowing on his silhouette with like a little bit of red, and you can kind of see like it's without showing him much, you can tell he's a zombie. Mm-hmm. So, so then we cut to the, the dance and Betty and Veronica are fighting over Archie again this stuff this is like the most annoying stuff in the world to me <laughs> the, the, both of them fighting over him constantly and he's just like I don't know guys and they're like I could fuck him better <laughs> like, what's just... great is that they're always rude to each other and never to him they're always yeah. like he's the best even though he's the most indecisive man in the world isn't yeah. that kind of like the whole premise 
Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, do you guys ever read it, watch or watch harem shit, guys? Like, <laughs> like, do you even know anime, guys? Yeah, and surprise, that's extremely dumb too. You guys ever go to the harems and have all the prostitutes fight for you? Most most harem anime are pretty <laughs> terrible. Like I was, I'm not like defending harem anime, but bring down Archie stuff. They're all. Dumb. I know, but you're, 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 like, you're like Archie. Archie is garbage. Only Archie does this shit. Like it's like who said that? Who said yeah, that? Yeah, only who Archie said does? that? I saw John writing shit that Philip uh, repeatedly claims is better in comics. When have I ever said harem anime <laughs> are better than comics? I think you said every night. <laughs> I heard you as I was over your bed. Oh, fuck you. This is getting <laughs> weird. Sly's part of my harem. Sly re- recording what Phil's saying under his bed. Archie, even Archie's sick of the, of, the, of the two bickering, so he goes to hang out with... Uh, Reggie, and he's like, I'm gonna go see my bros, and he goes hang out with Reggie and the other guys. Uh, and we also do get a, uh, spot, we get a, like, just one panel of the two guys that were arguing about movies before are in yeah. the costumes of the guys they were saying were better, mm-hmm. yeah. which is fun. And also, uh, a trivia note, Archie's wearing the costume he wears when you, he wore when he was a superhero. I was just about to ask that, I'm like, who is uh... he supposed to be? Because there's a big, like, P on his chest. Yeah, he's, like... he's penis man. He's penis man. No, he's a, he's a superhero called Pure Heart. Which is literally because uh, he has a heart around the P. Okay, all right. Yeah. So uh, then we cut to the chaperones, which are uh, Principal Weatherby and Geraldine Grudy, and uh, they're like talking about, "Oh, remember when we were kids and um, and it was like Halloween, and we have a, a homage to uh, a flashback to the homage to Night Living Dead, where Professor um, uh, Weatherby is like, they're coming to get you, Geraldine.'" And uh, Geraldine's still like, well, it's funny then, it's not funny now, stop it. And then uh, Weatherby's like, oh, don't worry, it's just a joke. And look, Jughead's here, and then Jughead eats his face off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We cut back to inside of the place, and Archie meets up with Reggie, and he notices Reggie's not in a costume, and, and he, Archie's confused, because Reggie's like a, such a show-off braggart. So uh, Archie's such a piece of shit to him. He's like really sad, and Ar- and Archie's just like you're a frat boy. It's in your DNA to dress like an idiot on a semi regular basis. I think he's joking around with them. It, it is Reggie. It's something Reggie does. It's just guys. It's just lock. It's just locker room talk. Oh no! <laughs> Later he explains that Reggie likes to on Halloween trash mailboxes and steal candy from little kids. So it's not like I have the most sympathy for Reggie. That's true. That's yeah. true. I think he is like the asshole friend who's like I'm friends he with is. you, but like you're a dick. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's the sly of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's usually because, like, you know, Archie. We always wonder what the stories of Archie are. A lot of times, it's usually Reggie pulling a prank on somebody else, and then at the end, it's him getting his comeuppance. Like, he's usually the foil of the group. Uh. So, but, but here, um, Archie, Reggie admits, like, I didn't have it in me to dress up. I, I wasn't even going to come out tonight, but I was just going crazy being at home. And Archie's like, I know something's wrong. Like, how, how was your favorite night? Like, what's up? And Reggie says, I did something. I did something bad, Archie. Something terrible. And, and Archie's like, you're, you're Reggie Manta. You're always doing something terrible. Yeah. More locker room banter. <laughs> um, and he's just like, he, he's about to say what he did, which is basically ran over a hot dog when... Basically. Uh, he literally does that. And uh, But before he gets it out, uh, Dilton says, hey, look, everyone, Jughead's here. And holy spit, his costume's amazing. And his Jughead... Walking through the hall, going as the caption says, ten fifteen p.m. Riverdale, full contagion imminent. And he's like full zombie. Yeah. yeah. To be continued. Really cool last page. Issue two. Issue two. Issue two on the cover is Archie hiding in a graveyard from Jughead. As he says, Archie. Like it's the classic comic scream of Yarg, but instead he ends with Archie. So, which is kind of <laughs> I, clever. I didn't notice that. <laughs> um. 
so the the first the the page with the the text in red says i didn't like jughead when he was alive now that he's dead well the less said the better maybe a prologue of see without having read volume two i don't know what this leads up to but it, it... yeah these seem like such pointless characters yeah here. it's other than that they do have a point about it's, it's the rich kids jason and cheryl blossom and they're coming to pretty much uh to come cause havoc at the Halloween dance. They're trying to wreck the proletariat like they wished in uh, Archie's yep. Brother. Do they have a history of incest in Archie? <laughs> no, that's something they made up I was going to say, like, I don't think... I think this is new, Ryan. Because this is the fucking Lannisters that show up. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think Archie was... There, there are some uh, stuff that's not from uh, classic Archie. I think it's to give them characters a bit of... Of fleshing out because you know we, we if you read fleshing Arch- out. Yeah. fleshing out but if you read Archer's Predator you said you could notice some of them are kind of flat yeah so basically yeah. Sh- she's like I'm gonna make Betty and Veronica fight and then I'm gonna steal Archie and her brother's like no I'll be so jealous and then he holds her hand and she's like I'll always love you and it's weird yep yeah um is it touching like it was in Game of Thrones like it's sweet brotherly <laughs> <laughs> love brotherly sister love yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Harry Potter runs out of the Halloween dance. I think that's the fourth Doctor. I, I think that too. Oh, you're right. And they call him a plebe. <laughs> yeah. How dare you speak to us, yep. plebe? Why shouldn't we go in there? Terrible music, non-alcoholic punch. He says, <laughs> there's something weird going on. They're, like, eating people. And he's all, like, bleeding. Like, obviously someone took a big bite out of him. Yep. So he's yeah. like, I gotta go home. And now, uh, Jason's like, well, now I'm interested. So then, but shows like shows like no, we should go. Like this is creeping out. Yeah, but he wants to go in. So then we cut to the lodge mansion at twelve thirty a.m. and it's Veronica talking to her father, and she's saying it was horrible, Daddy. And now she starts to recount the story of what happened there. Yeah, she's the famous advice for this issue. Yeah. yeah. So she's basically like her and Betty are fighting, and then Jughead yeah. shows up, and Ethel mugs. Uh, she's like uh, in, in regular continuity. She's she's a girl that always chases after Jughead, but since Jughead has only some girls, he's always like get away from me. And she's always like finding ways to lure him lure him into dating her. Like, that's usually her thing. No interesting guys either. He's asexual. Yeah, yeah. So she says, "Oh, Juggy, you made it." And um, and she's dressed as Snow White. It's Veronica. She wasn't friends with Ethel when we passed each other in the hall. We nod. That's it. Still, I wouldn't wish what happened to her upon my worst enemy. And then Jughead takes a bite out of her in front of everyone. And then uh, one thing I love is Veronica's like, I, I think that's when people start laughing to her dad. But in the flashback, it was Veronica laughing. Yeah, it's just Veronica and Betty's like, what's, your, what's wrong with you? I, I actually really love this because I, I re- Veronica's my least favorite character in like almost every, anything. And, and she, this, this actually captures how much of a bitch she is. Like, Archie vs. Predator, one of the reasons I hate about it was she's one of the few survivors They tried to make her like the fucking Sigourney Weaver of that book. Fuck that book. This is what she is. She's a fucking bitch. So everyone's shocked. As as they see Jughead, Betty calls Veronica a sick hag. Yeah, and I, I like that Veronica talks to her father, and she says, "Ever since we were little girls, Ethel's invited me to these ridiculous birthday parties. She throws for herself. Just once, I wish you'd made me go, Daddy." And then in small text, her father says, "Of course, it would be my fault somehow." <laughs> they actually perfectly captured both characters. Yeah, just to show how terrible she is. Yeah, I'd feel less guilty about those thirty seconds. Yep. And uh, there's 30 seconds when Jackie Jones ate Ethel Muggs right in front of us, and no one did anything but stare. And it's a big splash page showing Ethel's hand dropping the 
the apple, the Snow White apple, and just her blood splattering it's on the apple. Such a fucking cool page. Mm-hmm. It's such a yeah. crazy idea, but like I think in in reality, like people would be in shock because it's such a fucking abnormal thing. Yeah, that's that's something you know. Surprising, you don't get that many like good stories about contagion moment. Like the biggest yeah. uh, stories about zombie apocalypse happen like out in the middle of nowhere, like Night Living Dead. Or it happens like weeks afterwards, like uh, twenty eight days later. I mean, even or, look at yeah. Walking Dead; you just skip a couple months. Well, you still get the yeah. moment of the the shocking realization that there's zombies that they are eating people, which is kind of what's happening here. That, but a moment where a zombie walks from the crowd, and the, the whole crowd doesn't know what to do; like they think it's a joke. Yeah, because like in real in reality, if I saw something like this, I would be like, "This is some kind of state like art performance." Like <laughs> it's a big Halloween thing. In the yeah. city, you always see like weird uh, like. What do they call them? Like not flash mobs, but people just doing uh, performance art, like in public. Aren't they flash mobs? And, like flash mobs when there's a lot of people, though. Yeah, usually. Uh-huh. But either way, it's just like that. Your first thought would never be zombies are real and eating people. <laughs> like, yeah. That would, yeah, that would never be the thing I thought first. Okay. So, so we get another interlude. Uh, this time to Pop's chocolate shop. No, is Pop's Jughead's dad? No, Jughead's. Yeah. Oh, you'll see. Um, it's, okay. so it's Ginger and Nancy? Yeah. I actually don't, I, this is the first time I ever read Ginger, so I don't blame you guys for knowing I know these characters. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's these two girls sitting there and they're talking about how, uh, their football stud dates blew them off. So th- they came here to eat. That's what they're telling Pops. You could, you could tell that, uh, they're lesbians. They're arguing <laughs> their relationship. <laughs> and that's something I'm also pretty sure, um... Is, is made up by Aguirre Sacasa because, like I said... You mean it's made up by the guy who made Archie gay? <laughs> <laughs> and who is gay himself? <laughs> I mean, I actually really... I really like this scene because they're supposed to be like, the you know, the small town America. And they're saying like, you know, we always have these sleepovers and have to cover by pretending to date boys and stuff. I wish we could just be open. Like, I can't hide this anymore. And... They're basically like comparing them to the gay Archie character Kevin, and they're yeah. like, "I don't want to be like that guy. He's a loser or whatever." But no, he's literally saying they want to be like that guy because that guy's on the open. No, one of them does. And the other one says, "Are you seriously comparing us to Kevin? Yep. Look in the mirror, Ginger. We're nothing like him on any level." And it's because Kevin's so, so such a popular guy that he can get away with it. I think that's the assumption. Oh, okay. And uh, but uh, and, I, and it's funny because like they use their, boy, their boyfriends as cover. And Nancy's conflicted because she wants to uh, stay with Chuck. Her, and that's why I find funny because the only thing I know about Nancy is that she's a to- Chuck's the token black guy. And the only thing I know about Nancy is that she's a girlfriend of the token black guy. So that's her only defining thing. And this kind of twists on his head. The only thing I know about. And her. I just immediately like like these characters more than any of the characters in Archie vs. Predator. See, I felt this was a weird inclusion. That it's like you're in the middle of a zombie epidemic, and I understand wanting to do like backstory and flesh out characters more. But it it just felt like, I don't know. I mean, it was the same thing like in that Dracula issue when they talked about that captain that didn't matter at all. I was like, this yeah. just... And, and to be fair, I was also kind of like, uh, on that, yeah. too. Dara would rather have faceless assholes die like in Archie vs. Predator. He doesn't want to know these characters and feel bad about it. Well, no, but I think that's a fair point. Is like, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot at all. Well, it, it, well, it's like it's character development. I think that's important. Yeah, for I, I'm story. on Sly's side, but I'm not saying that like I'm I'm not gonna die on this hill for Daryl. <laughs> I will die on this hill for Daryl. I will make Daryl die on this hill. I should say. <laughs> like I'm, I'm fine that it's introduced. Like this isn't my problem with the book. It, it just ties back into that. It's just weird that you're doing this to Archie characters. That's like this is Archie, so it's like oh, I have like this idea. Since these two girls really don't have more of a strong personality, I'll make them that they're in love with each other, but they're struggling with it. It's just 
it's just weird because it's Archie. I, yeah, I really just wish this was a regular uh, zombie story. Like, if these were just two... Okay, we can keep talking about this forever. Fuck you guys. We're doing this at the end. I said that story. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Anyway, uh, they get... Uh, someone comes into Pops' diner, and it's Jughead's dad. Uh, it's Jughead's real dad, not his oh, fake okay. dad, Pop Tate. Yeah. <laughs> not my real... Not, 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 not my real dad. He's <laughs> a zombie. For you Derek Comedy fans out there. <laughs> uh, circa 2008. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's even earlier than that. And after Jughead, uh, Zash shows up, we cut back to the... Jughead, uh, who's finished eating Ethel. But like classic Jughead, he's still hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I actually find that really clever, the fact that they made Jughead the, the, the main zombie, and he's the guy who's always hungry. So yeah. then he turns towards Veronica, and she explains to her father, Then he looked at me, and stared right at me, and as crazy as it sounds, Daddy, I swear, on some deep, reptilian level, the thing that was once Jughead Jones recognized me and remembered we hated each other. So then he starts uh, rushing at her to eat her. And then she makes a side comment. I was paralyzed. My first thought was, wow, so this is how I die. At a dance eaten by my arch nemesis, Jughead. How pathetic. <laughs> my second thought was, not to mention Betty's finally going to have Archie all to herself. And she's making, like, this kind of upset face. Yeah. and uh, But uh, then speaking of Archie, Archie's got to save her from Jughead. Yep, so he flies in. <laughs> In the middle of this story, though, she says, speaking of Archie, and her dad's like, yes, I wondered when it would be revealed that this was all somehow that red-headed dolt's doing. <laughs> like, she's talking about a zombie apocalypse, and he's just like, I bet that idiot Archie's involved. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, like, Archie is usually an idiot. Like, you, you watch Archie, you read Archie's Predator, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so Archie flies in and punches Jughead off. He doesn't punch his head off, he just punches Jughead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He, he just punches him and pushes him into a wall and says, Dude, what are you doing? Dude, where's my car? And then he gets uh, Reggie and Moose to help him, and they need to drag him, drag him to the locker room. No, he room. wants to get Reggie, but Reggie's in paralyzed in shock. Yeah. So Moose does it. Yeah, so they drag him off to the locker room to talk to him about men's stuff. And then, of course, holier than thou, Betty leapt into action. Oh, they do. Ethel. Phil was joking about locker room talk. They literally go to the locker room <laughs> to talk about guy stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Betty goes to try to see if uh, Ethel's okay. Yeah, and she's like, "Someone call nine one one and have them send an ambulance." Like that makes her holier than thou. <laughs> and uh, Veronica, she's saying, "Someone call nine one one." Veronica is rolling her eyes, yeah. like, "Oh, her." But then Ethel turns around, and now she's a zombie. And yeah. Veronica, uh, Betty's all worried. She's like, Ethel, you're, you're okay? That's such such a relief. Why are you looking at me like that? Like, you're about to. And then Veronica jumps in with the fire extinguisher, sprays Ethel in the face, and clonks her over the head with it. Uh, this, and then she's like, um, don't thank me, Betty. But then Betty's like, thank you for what? I had everything under control. And they're still arguing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're still bickering. And then they point out that Ethel's still not dead. And the, and the two nerds say, Dilton, you don't think... Oh, without a doubt, Chuck. They realize this is zombies. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool because a lot of like they do, when they do have like uh, zero uh, contagion moments stuff, like shitty ones. They usually have, have people never use a Z word. Like it's forbidden. Use the Z word. Yeah, forbidden. For, forbidden. <laughs> forbidden. Forbidden. Forbidden is like the German way of saying. It, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's also foreboding because it's spooky. Yeah. So it's for it's then... foreboding. You can vote with this. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so then Principal Weatherby and Mrs. Grundy uh, show up, and zombies. they start to go and attack people. So they're like, oh, we need to get out of here. So they <laughs> they hold each other's hands in, like, a conga line and then go to the locker room because they can't leave without Archie. Yeah, uh, they don't want to split up while running, like, which will probably happen. And Moose is like, 
Uh, maybe he's juicing? He thinks Jughead is um, juicing as they keep lock him in the locker room. And they're like, that's that's stupid. Like, steroids can't make you a zombie. Yeah, he's like, no, that's stupid. I think Hot Dog has rabies and bit Jughead and gave him rabies. <laughs> that's not, that's actually not, I thought that's a pretty logical, like, explanation. That's something that, because, like, they usually portray zombie infection as some kind of, like, mutated Yeah, rabies. they do. Yeah. And the fact that it is, like, a, it, it destroys your brain and makes you, like, violent. Like, it, it's... It's out there to make them eat people, but, like, it's not, you know, out of this it's world. It's rather than juicing. It's what the chemical explanation for uh, zombies usually is, like, whenever yeah. there's a scientific one. They're like, yeah, this, this rabies thing mutated, and now... Uh, I was going to save this for the end, but I think this is the best segue I'm ever going to get. I actually... Wouldn't this be better if it wasn't, Archie? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought it was... I, I didn't realize how... Like, I didn't expect it to be so refreshing to have zombies be caused by voodoo. Because I haven't seen, like, a magic zombie story in such a long time. Because, like, that used to be the thing. Yeah. And now yeah. that it's, like, always chemical warfare or disease, I thought, like... And it fits so much better with Archie to have it be magic. But Especially with Sabrina there. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it was... A, I miss that. I miss magic zombies. I, I agree. You miss voodoo? Yeah. And when uh, not to give too much away from Volume 2, but Volume 2 goes more into the magic. That's awesome. I, That's I cool. wish this book That's wasn't cool. so delayed. <laughs> so the the crowd of people show up and they they basically explain it's not zomb uh, rabies it's a zombie apocalypse the uh, the teachers are eating people and we need to get out of here and where'd they go they're trying to figure out what the safest place to go would be and of course uh, let me find the explanation Veronica while talking as a friend of advisor was talking to her dad like she reveals actually they're coming here daddy because this is a safe place in uh, Riverdale yep. Because Archie explains, I've been trying to sneak into your daughter's room as long as I can remember, and I know what a fortress this place is. <laughs> I so didn't like... read that line in my head so dramatic. I, th- I took it more playfully, yeah, but I really like it as Daryl's like, listen, <laughs> sir. I've been trying to sneak into your daughter's room for as long as I can remember. I've lost a lot of good men trying to get in here. Well, the guy, he, he explains he electrifies vents. <laughs> like, this place is a fortress, I bet. Yeah. I thought I thought they were joking about that. Are you sure in the Archie universe? But uh, this I love this scene. This is the closest they get to classic Archie style, as they have next time on Archie. One of these kids is already affected, but which one? And it shows all the characters in classic Archie illustration style. Their heads floating around mm-hmm. this text. I'm pretty sure the one that's effect- infected isn't on here. No, no, she is. no, she is. She is. Uh, oh, spoilers! She <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> it's Archie. Yeah, he's a woman too. <laughs> So, next issue, after, uh, after Life with Archie 3, which is titled Sleepover. And the cover is the, a grave of Forsyth P. Jones III, Jughead. Pal till the end. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, it, for, that's why he calls himself Jughead, because yes. he hates his real name, Forsyth. It is yeah. a shitty name to have. I like foreboding um, better than Forsyth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has, it has, you know, his arms coming out of the ground and the crown he's wearing. And... First scene, like that black page, ha- says, uh, "My mom and dad are out there, Betty, somewhere. Maybe hurt. I have to find them." And it has in the back also has in red uh, a view of the city, like city streets. Yeah, it's like suburban, like like housing and stuff in orange. Yeah. Then we cut to the lodge manor again, and now it's from the perspective of Veronica's dad. Um, what the fuck's his name? Hiram uh, uh, Lodge. You can just call him Mr. Lodge. I've heard his in the books. Mr. Lodge. And it starts narrating from his perspective. Where he says, I built this house. I built this city on rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. I don't mean I paid someone to build it. I mean I designed it and built it myself with my own two hands, by God. And it's just a backstory of him, I, I, um, 
just want to point out for all the listeners that he looks exactly like Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. I... And that's right, when, when you guys said, oh, this is so Commissioner Gordon, Archie vs. Predator, I was like, wait till you see after I watch you guys, because it's literally Commissioner Gordon. Is he normally not so Commissioner Gordon? Like, his mustache is more, like, twirly, like, uh, like, uh, like curled. Yeah, it's well, like, partly because it's in the old Archie cell. Have we yeah. pointed out that this doesn't look like, like, this is, like, a modernized, human-looking Archie, not, like, cartoony? Yeah, yeah. it looks very, very, like I said, it's trying to go for, like, an, like I said, I compared it to, like, a 1940s comic. I thought this looked more like modern. Like, yeah, me if you, too. If you told me this was, if you told me this was Walking Dead, I'd be like, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, um, so we go. Uh, he's he's going through his his backyard with the flashlight, and it's flashing back to when he first moved here. And he basically is saying, you know, I, I came to see if um, it would if I want to relocate here. Um, and then I I brought Hermione, so we have Harry Potter crossover here. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, obviously Harry Potter reference. I told you it was Harry Potter. <laughs> and uh, Hermione, his wife, is like. You know, it's lovely, but there's no opera and everything. And he's like, you know, we'll, we'll have a good life here, my love. And they are like, um, they're talking about the kid they're going to have because she's pregnant. And on the train here, she says, yeah, I actually ran into these two spinsters on the train. And these are two, this is obviously supposed to be. And uh, held on Zelda. Yeah, Sabrina's aunts. And she's like, I'm sitting across from the most eccentric spinsters, I suppose you call them. And they're just doing the creepy, like, you're expecting a girl. And she's like, uh, I am, but my husband and I are hoping for a boy. And she's and the twins are like, not true. He is, but you're having a girl. You can tell, plain as day, raven-haired, strong-willed, a bitch. That <laughs> 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 last part is accurate, but not what's in the book. Yeah, and she's like, uh, well, we'll see. And she's like, our sister in laws expecting a girl too. Um, blah blah blah, Sabrina, etc. Blah blah <laughs> and, blah, Sabrina, theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, um, you know, Hermione and Hiram are like. Uh, you know, Riverdale will make a wonderful home for us. We'll ha- have a good life here. And it cuts back to the modern times where he's like, you are my life, Hermione, my rock. Selfishly, I wish you were here to guide us. And then he goes to her grave and he says... Uh, he sees her he, he sees her zombie corpse there. Yes, I was getting that. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> I'll she, try to uh, hint that you maybe should speed up a little bit. She's like, her, Hiram, my love. And he's like, Hermione, no. And she, he, she blames him for bringing us here and her he, zombie he says, voice. He says, you brought us to this place of death. This place of death, and then he wakes up, and uh, it's Butler it's, standing there with an axe. Yeah, it's Albert. Smithers. <laughs> it's Smithers. Smithers, and he's like, um, "I've just finished a sweep of the perimeter. Every point of egress and ingress is intact and secure. Additionally, I've turned on all the security cameras and activated the alarms. So basically, they're just locking down the the um, the place. And he's like, "I actually heard." Uh, communication from our satellite <laughs> which uh is crazy that they have sent from the white house to the national guards so this isn't just a satellite any satellite they have like they can hack into communication between the president and uh they say the words quarantine extermination were being uttered in connection with that situation in riverdale and he's like i know the president he wouldn't do anything <laughs> yeah he's a friend uh, and then we cut to uh, archie oh well before kitchen. that he goes one last thing. Are all the children safe and accounted for? And he goes, except for one. And he goes, Andrews. I assume that's Archie, right? <laughs> yeah, Archie Andrews. Th- yeah. At this point, I realize that whenever they use a last name, it's it's pretty safe to assume that it's whatever gives it alliteration. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is. It is, yeah. They have, a fl- they have a flashback to earlier showing Archie planning to sneak out. Yeah. And uh... See, this is this is where Betty says, can't believe that grate isn't electrified or something. And he says, it used to be. I had Dilton hack into the lodge mainframe and take it off. Oh, you're right. <laughs> The pantry's the security <laughs> system's one blind spot. So, Dil- so Dilton 
is, I guess, helping Archie sneak into Veronica's place all the time. Yeah, he's a master hacker. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically like, I gotta go, Betty, to go check on my mom and dad. Um, uh, as he's sneaking out, she's like, wait, Archie, before you go, I won't ask which of us you like more. <laughs> it's like, still, she's like, do you... No, she says, I won't ask which of us you like more. She's like saying, like, she's using it as a preface, saying, I won't ask who like more, but, like, I want to say go- have a sincere goodbye to you, like. But then he says, I promise you, I'm going to be waffling for the next 70 years. So he's like, I will never decide. I like that idea where he's like, don't worry, I'm still torn between you two. Yeah. I, I could never actually love you more than Veronica, so uh, whatever. Um, then we um, cut to Betty in the library, and she's reading all these crazy old books. She's like, oh, wow, Great Gatsby from 1925. Original printing. And then uh, Veronica says, what would... What would you have us read, Betty? Paperbacks? <laughs> I love that. And um, they're basically having a, a get-together in the pool. Yeah. And they're like, uh, what better, what better, Veronica's like, what better way to distract us ourselves with the an end of the world party? And I was like, oh, life is strange. Yeah. And they had a pool. Yeah. That, that's going to be a recommendation. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, Betty's like, Betty, what does it want to do? She's like, I, I think I'm just going to read. I don't think it's appropriate. But but uh, Veronica's like, please, like, I, I'm I'm... I can barely hold it again. I need to focus on something other than how terrified I am. Please, let's do this for me. Yeah, at first she seems like, uh, like obviously we're just going to have fun. And Betty's like, I don't want to. But it, it is like a, help, a cry for help from Veronica. This this is after she made fun of Betty's size, too, saying you're going to need a plus-size swimsuit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't have one that would fit your size. And then she says, please, we're supposed to be BFFs to her. <laughs> yeah, she really but that's, that's pretty much what Veronica does. Like, she always bad ma- She's like, she, she, a person who dies, she's bad-mouthing Ethel. Like, she always bad everyone. That's what she does. Yeah. And then we have them all in the pool trying to, like, distract themselves. And upstairs in a, a different room, it's Midge and Moose. And... Midge is uh, Moose's girlfriend. And one thing to know about Midge is that she and Reggie... Before, when they had the flashbacks, uh, they had Moose beating up Reggie, hinting that Reggie was doing something with Midge. Uh, uh, I didn't catch that. Because you guys don't catch subtle nuances like that. Uh, oh, I caught it. Well, that was the only smart one here, so. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I didn't really think too much into Midge and her her role in this story, but uh, she we are spending more time talking about her than the book does. <laughs> yeah, she actually becomes a very important part too. Spoilers, yeah. but she she has yeah. an okay scene here. Moose is like, I'm freaking out. I think we should tell Mister Lodge and his butler was a doctor during the war or something. Maybe he can check you out. She's like, Don't worry, it's just a scratch. You just got a scratch, you know. Uh, and he's like, What if it was Drughead or Ethel that scratched you? And he's like, No, it could have been anyone. Like, uh, you know. Anyway, I'm gonna pour hydrogen peroxide all over it, so any infection would have gotten killed. And look, my hand's getting better. And, you know, Ethel changed really fast. And I didn't, so it's, it's okay. Yeah. And Moose is like, yeah, but Jughead ate half of her. Maybe it's taking longer. Like, like stand, standard uh, zombie. Yeah, thing. and poor Moose is just this big dumb guy that he has the right idea. It's just that since he's so dumb, he's really doubtful of himself. Yeah, he can't argue with it. So really. she's like, oh, it's fine. It'll be okay. That's, not, that's not she, a nice little thing to add. Because, like, Moose is so unconfident in himself because he's usually considered so dumb that he, he he's doing he's saying the right thing. Like, we should tell the others or we should take care of it. But Midge is usually a smarter one. So she's taking she's like, saying, no, don't worry. She's, and she, even though she's wrong in this situation. Yeah. 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 And they have this, like, scene where he's embracing her. And she, they, like, she's like, I love you. And he's like, uh, yeah, uh, I love you too. But how come you're telling me now? And then we cut we have... Uh, to Archie. Yep. In Riverdale. And... It's, the orange glow as he comes out of the sewers is, is it's like on his body and you can see that the whole town is on fire. Uh, pops, Pop tastes on Pop tastes on fire. Yeah, pops is on fire. Pops and, no. Pops is shop. 
But Pops also is on fire too, the man. Pops the man and Pops the shop's on fire. <laughs> Poor Pops. Uh, Always gets the short end of the Pops. stick in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, what are those two girls' names again? Nan- uh, Ginger Nancy. and Nancy. Yeah, they're like, yeah, do we have to burn that place down? They're like, we have to make sure they won't be coming back. It's what they would have wanted. And they're basically just like, yeah, we have to burn them, these zombies down. Let's just get on this, let's hot wire pop a motorcycle and drive to the, the coast. Yeah. And, um. But, uh, Nancy doesn't want to, she wants to go find, our, uh, the people. Her parents. That's, yeah, her parents. Yeah. And they basically drive away, um into the sunset and then we cut back to the pool scene and like the water does feel great but where are midge and moose oh they're being par- told party poopers hiding up in their room where they've been all night oh wait i think that's them coming out onto the veranda and as you see these silhouettes obviously not walking happily and then you see the 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 mirrors or like the windows break yeah it's from and... like a second floor above the pool yeah. they crash down through the windows into the pool yeah yep then we cut back to archie and he's like, it's so weird. Uh, I call the fire department, and I get a busy signal, and now there's nobody anywhere. As if you don't realize, like, <laughs> there are zombies. <laughs> like, no, because you have to keep in mind, like, they don't they, they, just because there's zombies means it's in their world already, where no communication is down already. Like, think about how fast it's spread. Like, it's only been like three hours or whatever, where now every, everything's yeah. dead. Yeah, it's true. And uh, people are chasing him, Mayor Martinez, uh, and he's like, I gotta get home. And then. Um, we go back to the, the mansion, and Smithers is like, something worrisome is happening at the West Pool. Because they have more than one, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, zoom in. I shudder to think what mischief my yard's up to now. And Midge and Moose are in the pool as zombies. Yeah. And um, Hiram, Mr. Lodge, gets on the loudspeakers and is like, this is Hiram Lodge. For God's sake, get out of the water right now. And he's like, seal the pool, Smithers. Already activating its cover. Yeah, in the middle cover comes over the pool to try to lock the zombies in. It's like aluminum, too. And like... Uh, so the kids get out, and zombie Midge and zombie uh, Moose are in there banging. They're trying to get their way out. <laughs> they're in there banging. They're, they're banging each other while they're trying to get their way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what? He tells them to get back inside. Not the pool, the house. <laughs> <laughs> inside the pool. Kill yourself. <laughs> um, so then Smithers is like, you know, I'll get sort of fire, make sure they get to dry clothes, and then... Mr. Lodge is pretty upset because he's like, what do I tell their parents that they were under my care and I couldn't protect them? And then speaking of parents uh, being home, uh, Archie gets to his house and he's like, the door's locked. I got to get the extra key. And he hears a growl and he's like, Vegas, is that you? Come here, boy. Find, uh, help me find the... And we see a, a rabid dog. It's hot dog. It's hot it's dog. It's hot dog. Says, oh, crap. And then that's the end of that issue. So issue four. What's the cover? I don't have it in front of me. The trades have them at the back. <laughs> it's busy zombie giant cackling as a bunch of zombies in the foreground are walking towards Riverdale. Okay. Now entering uh, Riverdale. Drive safely. I found it. And this chapter four, Archibald Rex. <laughs> uh, actually, this is my definitely my favorite issue. Oh, absolutely. This is my favorite, too. This is so good. So the black page that starts it is like a red hallway. And at the bottom, it says, please don't don't make me do this. And it opens 10 years ago, and it's a little, like, six-year-old Archie, and he's so cute with his parents. And They're at a puppy farm. Yeah, they're at a puppy farm, and he's, like, looking through a bunch of different dogs. Looking through the dogs. He's looking at a bunch of different dogs. <laughs> he's opening them open, looking through them. Yeah, and... He's a zombie. <laughs> they're all really cute. And also, these pages have a lot more of, like, a sepia tone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah whenever there's a flashback to the past, it's, everything's in, like, this kind of cream orange. 
Yeah. yeah. And he picks this really, really cute, I don't know any types of dogs, so it's a black dog with floppy ears. Yeah. Like a lab- Labrador, maybe? Yeah, I guess like a, a chocolate like a lab. Black, a black lab. Or, yeah. And he picks this dog named Vegas, because that's where they found him, right on the strip. He's a mutt, but loyal as, oh, heck, follows me around all day. And then they start playing, and it's just, like, adorable. Yeah. yeah. And then Archie's parents are talking about it, and... Like, the dad's like, looks like we got a new friend. And the mom starts crying because it reminds her of when her dog Spotty died. And they don't want Archie to have to go through that. But the dad's like, well, it's important for him to, like, cherish life and understand that everyone has to die someday. And it's also great when before they, like, they they really do demonstrate before they even let him pick the dog. Like, they're like, you're going to be taking care of this. It's going to be your dog. You clean up his mess. You take care of him if if he gets sick. Um, Like, you... You and him are going to be, like, together constantly. They, like, reinforce that. Yeah. And then it cuts back to modern day when it's Archie staring down Hot Dog, all zombified. And right before Hot Dog lunges, we see another scene of, like, six-year-old Archie. Another flashback. Yeah, another flashback of six-year-old Archie and six-year-old Jughead, like, hanging out with their dogs together. And... He's and he's like, "What about your dog? Like, that's a stupid name too." And then Vegas jumps through the window now in modern times, and comes between Archie and Hot Dog. I want to point out that whenever we say like this is just like a, a real quick flashback, it's usually just one panel and it doesn't feel intrusive. Yeah. It just feels very natural because of the cream colors compared against like the the orange and blues of the the modern day setting. You can easily tell it's like, oh, this is a lot long ago. Yeah, yeah. This this comic's actually through and through was very like easy to read like there was no you never have to be like what is happening uh, yeah there's no no confusion at all it, it's very good like flow. both both the arts clean enough that you can and uh good enough that you can tell what action's happening on the screen and it's also uh well written that it's not super confusing when you're one of the big reasons why and also probably one of the big reasons why the book is so delayed is francesco francavella does not only the penciling but also all the inking and also all the coloring yeah so yeah, i was wondering why he was just listed as the artist instead of like because he, he's pencils. a he's really a uh, that's why i really love his work because he puts so much effort into his stuff and he does all yeah of it. and and like it even though like people could, like when i bought this book the shop owner was complaining that it was delayed and everything but it's so much better than most things. Yeah, than most things. Like it's take your time. It's definitely worth it to have quality over like uh you know, speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I like being as fast as I can. <laughs> well, I am son of the hedgehog. Gotta go fast. Yeah, they call me two minute Daryl. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so we have Daryl's like they two minute Daryl, a fascist Phil, and everyone else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, cutting back to literally my favorite scene of the whole book. Yeah, this was so good. So, Vegas is in between Hot Dog and Archie, and Vegas's inner monologue is all lowercase in parentheses, Archie Master, protect, and he starts growling at Hot Dog, and then we see, like, a puppy Vegas sick, and Archie taking care of Flashback him. Flashback again. And his, his dad's like, he'll be alright, son, his tummy's upset, that's all. And this is how it works. You take care of Vegas when he's sick or needs help, he'll do the same for you without even thinking about it. And Archie's like, Vegas, don't, don't! And Vegas lunges at Hot Dog, and 
is basically, well, he's thinking, run, Archie Master, run, my life for yours, live, Archie Master, thank you, love you forever, but now, run, 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 live. It sounds, che- it sounds a little cheesy, like, reading it, but, like, when you actually are, like, reading these these panels, it, it's really, uh, like, touching. I think, I think it was a bit cheesy reading it, especially the dog knowing I'm sacrificing my life for yours, but there's, like, a, there's a panel at the very bottom that shows the dog's eyes, and it's really, like, sad dog eyes. And it, it still makes you feel sad. I was sitting in the library crying when I was reading this. <laughs> yeah, you might think it's, like, cheesy, like, but, like, animals do, like, dogs have sacrificed themselves, like, for their people. Well, like, I, I know they give their lives for it. It was just, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they willingly know they're going to die for the sake of their I lives. mean, run, like, running into fire is such an unnatural instinct, and dogs do that to save people. Like, they... They they know like I am going to do something super dangerous. I know that. I'm just saying like the idea that the dog knows it's going to oh, die. Oh, sorry, sorry, Daryl, that this dog sentience isn't fucking realistic <laughs> enough for you in this zombie Archie story. You piece I'm of sorry, shit. I'm a monster. <laughs> this poor and, dog. Like, the thing that's so powerful about the scene is Archie like stands there and he doesn't quite understand what's happening right away. He's like, "What? What are you? Oh no! Oh my god! I..." And that's when you see the sad eyes. And he says, like, run, run. And he goes, damn it, Vegas. And he runs away. And you see, like, they're, they're like, they're fighting this whole time. Like, you can see Vegas and Hot Dog, like, biting each other and, fight, like, wrestling. Yeah. So Archie kicks open his door and he runs upstairs and he finds his mom. And he's like, thank God, why didn't you answer me? You're in shock. Like, are you okay? And the mom's, like, kind of just, like, frozen up. And she's like, your father, he heard scratching. And this is when zombie dad breaks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his dad's oh, not no. zombie. Yeah. And especially, like, not only was the dog stuff, but, like, his dad stuff during the flashback scene. Yeah. Like, I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt that way too. And now Archie is coming after his dad with a baseball bat, and he's like, get the hell away from my mom. Well, first first they hide under the bed, and the, the dad's looking around, and then he lifts up the bed and sees the mom was hiding under there. Then Archie He, he sniffs out. her out, like, he's, he's like, yep. Yeah, so he he's like trying to lure the dad away, and he's trying he's kind of like just running away and not striking at him, even though he has a baseball bat. And then his dad lunges at him, and he goes, "Damn it, dad!" And he hits him in the face with a bat, and it makes his dad fall down the stairs and like break his neck. Mm-hmm. And he like the thing that I really like about it is like even though he hits it, he, he hits him, and like it's a zombie, he's still like, "Dad, no!" and reaches for him as he falls down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, "Dad, are you?" And then he, like, re-zombies and goes for Archie. And Archie just keeps pounding him with the baseball bat. Yeah, and th- this, the- page, <sighs> this page is so cool because it's what it so is, is it's, like, um, it's tw- uh, 15 panels. There's five up top, five in the middle, five at the bottom. And the overlaid image on the back is Archie lifting up the baseball bat. And then occasionally, like, there's, there's panels of him smashing into his dad with the uh, the baseball bat and like every other panel and then uh, in other panels it's him his memories with his dad like them going out to a ball game him riding on his dad's shoulders him teaching him how to shave so it's this cool juxtaposition juxtaposition of what he has to do and like just his memories with his dad it's, it's really just... well done and as he's killing his dad he says I love you dad I yeah, love the you last, dad. the last panel is him smashing his dad's head saying I love you yeah yeah and then this his was, mo- this was so this issue is really, really good. <laughs> and then his mom comes and he's like, Mom, don't look. Don't look. And she's like, let me see. Let me see. And he's like, no, we have to go. We have to get out of here. And then Vegas shows up as a zombie. 
And his internal thought is kill, maim, eat, food. And Archie's like, we have to get to the garage. Don't look back, Mom. Keep going. Keep going. And they, he's like, we got to get to the car. And they have, like, this old jalopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, uh, was it? Uh, Daryl's sister pointed out, Liz, like, oh, there's a bunch of teens riding on an old jalopy. Is the jalopy they ride in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's back to his, a flashback with his dad that's like, you know, you're 16, time for you to start driving lessons. Let's fix up this old jalopy as, like, a fun father-son bonding thing so that the audience could be really fucking sad at this Well, point. what's cool is she she asks him, will that thing run? And he says, definitely, because he remembers when he fixed it up with his dad. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a neat tie-in to... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and as they drive, as they drive, Archie's crying and his mom's crying, and he's like, he's gone, dad's gone. I'm so sorry I didn't get to you in time. I'm not going to let you die, mom, I swear. I'm not going to let anyone else die ever again. And then it cuts to Jughead getting, like, an army of zombies together, including both dogs. Yeah, he's with Hot Dog petting him again as a zombie. He's petting zombie Hot Dog. And they're all outside of the town, and Jughead points at uh, Lodge Manor, where they're all staying, smiles. So this is, like... (laughs) He's kind of like partially sentient. Yeah. He's like the, he's he's like the head zombie. Well, we saw yeah. the inner monologue of the dog is still like it's still thinking like eat, yeah. maim, food. So these zombies are slightly smarter than regular zombies. Right. And and, uh, and that's the end of issue four. Next siege. Yeah. This this whole like especially this issue, but this whole thing made me. I've been so sick of like zombie stuff until this. I was going to say, I was supposed to say the zombie stuff in this book is going to help. I'm pretty yeah. sure issue four of this book is the best single issue I've read for this show, in my opinion. It might be. I wouldn't um, disagree. I'd have to think on it some more. Me too. Uh, this is going to be my uh, – spoilers for my top – we're going to do a top four or five at the end of the year. This is going to be my top – this whole book is going to be my top four. Spoil- spoilers. Yeah, this is my favorite book that we've read for the show. All right, I'll, I'll save my opinions for that then. This book sucks. Yeah, bo- bottom five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, nemesis is better. Yeah, than this. Worse, worse than Nemesis. <laughs> so, final, uh, final issue of book one, volume uh, issue five. And it's the cover is just uh, everyone, all the zombies in Halloween gear, uh, just in the crowd together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the intro page with the uh, red text and the black background shows uh, an empty swing set over a red sky, and the text says, We've lived here all, all our lives, and we're never going to come back, are we? And we cut to uh, Butler's log, and it's inside the mansion, and, but- and Butler, uh, uh, Herbert H. Smith is writing it, and he said, uh, we served the Lodge family for more than 70 years, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tending to his son, like my father tended to his master. Okay, this happens in Batman too. Is that a thing? Do yes. butlers have kids that become butlers for the same family? I'm pretty sure. In it's more of an old, uh, not anymore really, but in old timey, like think about it, like servants' quarters and in, in mansions. Like the servants got to live with the the people they served because what are you going to do? Like come to work every day? From, yeah. It's like you lived there and you you served them and then you got free housing. That's like the. the so that is a thing. That is a thing. Yeah. Okay. And so we cut to like the father. We have all these flashbacks with the father giving him advice on how to be a good butler while they're working together. Uh, he says, we live in this house, but we are not of this house. Do you understand? Uh, yes, sir. Be in- be indispensable and be invisible. See everything, but only uh, be seen when you're needed. And always, Hubert, be discreet. And Hubert talks about how he buried his father outside Lodge in uh, the Lodge house. Yeah, he didn't want to bury him. He didn't think it was fair to ask to bury him in the family yeah. lot. Because we, he says, as father said, we live in the house, but we're not of this house. 
And uh, he was he was the one who took uh, Hermione Granger to Hogwarts. No, he took Hermione to uh, get uh, when she was pregnant, Veronica to the hospital because she was premature. Yeah, and again, and again, it's always like uh, he keeps talking about being prepared and, and discreet. Like she's like my bag, and he's like it's ready in the car, and I've already phoned the doctor. They're all waiting for you. Yeah, uh, like you know the um, the dad was busy, but he was there to take care of her. Yeah, and uh, as in the hospital, Hermione asks uh, uh, Smithers, "You know, my husband is, let us say, easily distracted, and then my health is my health is somewhat precarious. Should anything happen to me before Veronica's old enough to take care of herself, you look after her, won't you? Above all other concerns." And Smithers says, "Of course I will, ma'am." As he's holding baby Veronica above everything else, and then he talks about how when Hermione died, he was there. Uh, as Hiram was uh, crying in front of her grave, begging his dead wife's forgiveness for all his transgressions. And he was in the background, as his father advised, invisible, but he saw everything. And he talks about how he sees everything in his house as he passes by Nancy and Chuck uh, reuniting. And uh, uh, basically, Chuck is so happy to be back with his girlfriend. And Ginger's there, and she's making smart comic comments, saying, uh, gosh, hopefully Chuck's not in a mess, because that would really suck. Luckily, though, you survived, huh? I wish you were dead so I could just fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. He's like, yeah, she definitely likes you, Chuck, and not girls. <laughs> yeah. Like and Nancy's and, and like, please, please, for me, stop it, stop it. And Chuck is, like, oblivious to what's actually happening with Ginger being jealous of Chuck. But Smithers, you can kind of get a sense that Smithers gets it, that uh, there's a triangle going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he sees all. He's Alfred. He goes, uh, he sees, he passes by Kevin Keller, who's the gay guy of the group. And Kevin goes to see Reggie, and he, he knows about uh, how uh, Reggie and basically Reggie always try to fuck Midge bef- behind Moose's back, and Moose would be the shadow of him. That was always a running joke of Moose and Reggie. And uh, Kevin goes to uh, now that Midge's uh, Midge Midge's Midge's a zombie <laughs> in uh, in the pool. He, uh, Kevin goes to her saying, "I know how you felt about her. I, I know it can't be easy." And he puts his arm on, uh, and he on, says, "Like trust me, I know what it's like to want someone who doesn't want you back." And then uh, Reggie says, back the hell off, Keller. Get your sick, nasty hands off me. Never do that to me again, ever. You hear me, perv? And, and uh, Kevin says, don't worry, Reggie, I won't. And he just punches Reggie right in the face. And calls him a douche. <laughs> yeah, you douche. And, and again, uh, the butler's watching. <laughs> like... And he says, like, he points out that, uh, like in uh, Archer's Predator, his, his dad was in the military and he knows combat, stuff like that. Yeah, he's like, I notice, uh, yeah, Mr. Keller has combat skills. Maybe this could be useful. And, um... We, uh, Cheryl and her brother have have moved in uh, to Veronica's place, and they and, uh, they're bickering again about how the brother wants to fuck her, and she's like, "You can't fuck me anymore." Uh, and then uh, Veronica's walking around the house, uh, singing, uh, "Hey, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream." Yeah. And she walks into uh, Archie and Betty. Archie crying in Betty's lap. I love this scene. Yeah. And Archie's like, "I killed my dad," and Betty's like, "No, Archie, that thing goes in your father. That was something else." And he's like, I should have done more. And she's like, from what you told me, you saved your mother. If you could have done more, you would have. Everyone knows that. And she's, and she's saying, you're a hero, Archie. And he's just like, if I'm a hero, I'm just sitting here crying like this. But he's like, whenever you see somebody who, uh, who's not going to judge you, who will love you for exactly who you are, I'm here for you, Archie, always. And Veronica's looking at this, like, horrified. She, mm-hmm. and, and you see the scene right after is uh, the butler watching it. Or, like, you don't see him watching it. You see the chair where he just was. You can tell he was just there because the coffee's hot. The chair's, like, turning. Yeah. And you know he's he saw this as on the move to go help Veronica because that's his, like... This is the only person he, like, isn't invisible for. Yeah. yeah and and uh, 
Veronica's crying and uh, she's saying like when Archie uh, after everything happened Archie went to Betty first to deal with his pain now with me, to me like this, this is everything doesn't it I like that he says Archie Andrews doesn't deserve you and she says well of course not what does it matter <laughs> if I love him yeah but she is also like crying she doesn't say it like snarky and blase she might try to like as a show as a show of like you know I'm tough still even though I'm crying people do that yeah this is my favorite Veronica moment of the whole book well it's like the one time she the one time she acts like a human yeah yeah, yeah that's true and speaking of people acting human, uh, Reggie is at the pool and he's preparing to open the pool to let Midge out. And he's just like, oh, hey, hold on, Midge, I'll get you out of. And Dylan stops him saying, like, what the hell are you doing? And uh, as they're doing that, they, they, they realize uh, that zombies are banging on the, the glass uh, wall to the, to the pool. And they realize all the zombies are now converging outside. Yeah, and the, the wall's cracking too where they thought it wouldn't, like it was uh, shatterproof. Yeah. yeah, I like that they're like, if the glass isn't shatterproof, and they're like, why would it be? This is a house. <laughs> I, I found that that was one of the funniest things about this whole story arc to me, as much as I really liked it, is like, they're like, this mansion's a fortress, but it's really like, it's a it's a palace in the sense that it's like rich, but it is in no way defensible besides the security cameras, really. Well, like, why would it be? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because why it's Archie. <laughs> but like, it wouldn't be, so why assume like, we can hold out a zombie horde here? There are literally walls that are just glass, which is the worst thing you can have to hold out yeah. zombies. Well, they have, like, a front gate and stuff like that, too, so... Yeah, but... I'm I saying, mean, like, it is... Doesn't the Archie universe, like, aren't there robots and stuff in it? Uh, that's... Not regularly. Not like in Archie vs. Predator. That was kind of out there. Archie vs. Predator isn't full canon, guys. Just, just, <laughs> just point to you. Okay, so... So Predator isn't Archie. I mean, Archie yeah. isn't Predator. Actually, this is actually a sequel. This is Predator's <laughs> Archie is the entire time. But, uh... The whole gang goes, goes to the security room, and they see everything that's going on. And Archie suggests we have to get out of here. We have to leave, uh... Lodge oh, Manor. We missed something also important from before. Is um, one of the things his dad, uh, the butler's dad, told him is you never, ever in public contradict your master. Yeah, and that's going to come into play here, where he's like Archie's, like we have to leave the manor, and the dad's like, we do- are you deranged? The manor's defenses will keep out until help arrives, and he's like, what help? Uh, the the Riverdale's on fire. We're going to be eaten or burned. And um, and like, Veronica's like, don't bother arguing with Archie. You'll never get him to agree. But then Sunders comes in and says, my father, you know, he served in the war. Right before his tour of duty ended, he and his platoon were caught in a burned-out building, surrounded by the enemy. My father was the smallest, fastest member of this troop. His last-ditch effort, he was ordered by his commanding officers to try to slip past the enemy and turn to reinforcements. By miracle, my father made it out of that building and back to his base camp, then returned his next day with an elite squad. But he was too late. The enemy had rushed the building. His entire platoon, all his friends, were dead and butchered. And uh, Father Lodge is like, your point? And he's like, I would never contradict you, sir. But in this case, I don't believe reinforcements are coming. And he says, like, we've only stocked up for three people. Like, we don't have enough food for everyone to stay here for life for that long a time. And the generators need fuel. Like, it's, you can't, like, just live permanently in a mansion. Yeah, just because this is the best house to be in in Riverdale doesn't mean it's a good house to be in. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Mr. Lodge is like, uh, how do we even get out then, Archie or Andrews? And he's just like, Leave that to me. And he shows him the place where he snuck out before, and now zombies are there. And Mr. Lodge is like, brilliant. Typical Andrews, because that's what he usually would say. But except now, fuck up here is that zombies are here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, they, they open up the pantry door, and it's just Veronica... Or no, it's sorry, it's Betty, Archie, and, and Veronica's dad. And he says, oh, crap. Uh, the dad says, brilliant, typical Andrews. And, and Betty's just dot, dot, dot. She's just quiet. Yeah. And that's potentially going to be important too yes and uh, they, they basically have a meeting set up where they uh, have battle plans written out 
And uh, they have uh, people like Ginger and Kevin are now on boat duty. They're supposed to take out zombies if they come close. Uh, Archie has Betty to take care of her mom, who's still uh, shell-shocked at this moment. As Betty, Betty and Veronica are leaving, uh, like, Betty's being quiet and stuff. And Veronica's like, what's your problem now? Archie not showering you with enough attention at the moment? And she said, no, Veronica, those zombies in the pantry, they were my mom and dad. Yeah. And you see, it's this, like, again, it's like a mostly silhouette of her face. You can see her blonde hair and, like, tears streaming down her face. It's just really, like, it's like a, a really... T- subtle like small fucked up thing like yeah. the fact that she had to see her the way she finds out is not like it's grand reveal it's like let's get, get out and two zombies trying to get at them are her parents yeah nobody even, even thought about it besides yeah her. no one said anything and she just had to sit there quietly knowing like my parents are dead and they're zombies now and it turns out they're going to launch rockets to distract the zombies while they make their escape the rockets are like these are fireworks they're like yeah they, they're taking the fourth of july fireworks show that that lodge manor like hosts every year yeah and just launching it off just so we make that clear they're not actually shooting like like military rockets no, yeah. yeah uh the butler in his notebook says because because you see the fireworks exactly what asha anders predicted they would the creatures churned from the manor focus instead on the beautiful display in the night sky over town and move towards it there's something childlike about them. They were captivated as if a sliver of their former selves existed beneath the corruption. So they make their they make their escape and they run into Coach Cleats, which is an Archie character, but it doesn't matter because he gets killed right away. Arrows! <laughs> by, uh, by, by, by Ginger and um, Kevin Keller. And I like this line because he got killed at the same time and they wasted out. Uh, Kevin turns to Ginger saying, call next time Ginger Spice. And Ginger says, you call it Queen Arrow. I love that she calls him Queen Arrow. <laughs> and uh, to fulfill the title of the book, uh, Escape from Riverdale, they escape from Riverdale. And um, the Butler writes in his journal, After that, we didn't see another soul, living or possessed, until long after we'd left Riverdale, the town we all loved so dearly behind. But but that is another tale for another entry, for another day, if we survive to see the morning. And they're at, like, a bonfire outside of town. And the moon is actually... It's drawn as a skull, which is really cool. Yeah. I don't understand how there are two, like, powerful mages in this town, and they're just like... Well, zombie apocalypse shit. <laughs> like, y- go read part, book two. Book two explains what's actually going on here, which is more than just zombies. Oh, it's okay. not out yet right, though. Cool. So, shit. Uh, book two, by the way. Like, one thing I love about this, this one reason why I want to do this for Halloween over like Walking Dead, which is probably the more popular uh, horror modern horror comic, is like this book embodies Halloween more to me. First of all, the color scheme orange, the heavy of oranges. Second of all, the amount of movie references. Third of all, the fact it's on Halloween. And, and the fact that uh, it's more to it than just, just zombies. Like, when you get to part two, more and more supernatural elements come into it. It also has that horror movie, like, bunch of teens in a situation kind yeah. of, like, motif. Okay, so now the part that we've all been dying to get to, uh, the recap page. I know which, how you guys feel about this, but let me just say my piece on it real quick. No. We don't, we, don't, we don't allow divisive <laughs> opinions, divisive issues. Yeah, we're right. Whenever we did books like uh, Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe, uh, Devil Kills the Marvel Universe, and Archer vs. Predator, uh, Joe and Ryan especially will look at me like I'm weird when I say, I'd rather see stuff done straight. And, you, and Joe and Ryan will say, but it's supposed to be a joke, so it's supposed to be funny. Ha, ha, ha. And my, I always said, if you make it like it's just a generally good story removed from like the premise, like if, I'd rather have that. And I think this is a perfect example of that, where this is just a solid story, and the, the Archie stuff is just a little fun thing if you're an Archie fan. Like, and it has jokes that uh, play on the Archie, classic Archie stuff. But the fact that it's played straight and is a great standalone story, I'd rather have more stuff like this than stuff like Archie vs. Predator. 
I don't think we have to pick. I think we can have both. I know, but I, 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 I'm not saying you have to. Everyone has to pick. I'm saying, personally... I want to pick. This is my example of when you guys say I'm stupid, like, no, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> this has to be placed for jokes. I'm saying this is my example of a counterpoint. I mean, I agree with you slightly. This is better. This is significantly better than Punisher kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, Archie versus Predator. Like, this was a much better story. That's what, that's what like, I'd rather have something that's good standalone and the, the joke is like part is just like a but it's not thing. completely standalone because you still have to know Sabrina's a teenage witch. You still have to know like you, you don't you don't really though like it can just be like the 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 wizard in town like well then you could also read Archie versus Predator the same way. Well, I, I don't think Archie versus Predator is well written or anything. Nothing nothing about it is really and the, and the problem with that is too they they want to keep the like total comedy aspect while people are being butchered like this this one was dark through and through. I felt like that was more loyal to Archie though. That's one of my things. Like this, this is. Not, I, I, I don't feel as I loyal to Archie though, because I've read a lot of Archie, and whenever there's a serious situation, it's more. It's, I would say characterization is more like they, they are here than they are in after like than Archie vs Predator. Archie vs Predator, they're like caricatures of the original characters. Okay. So even in that, even in that sense, I would say it's too much for me. And like, and then when we get to like Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe and stuff like that, I, like people love Punisher vs Marvel Universe, but like as like a joke thing. I don't think anyone would recommend it as one of the best books of the year. Like I would recommend this. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. Ah, uh, <laughs> ah, Sly's wrong, but I can't prove him wrong. No, this this <laughs> this still had like plenty of instances where it was like just kind of weird or dumb, and, and it's because it's trying to stay loyal to Archie, like how they talk to each other, and they're like, "Oh, that's fab," or "Well," and well, I don't th- I think that's like teenagers say weird shit. I think that was part of the charm of it, like I because. I felt like the characters were still, even though I haven't read a lot of Archie, they still felt like familiar and recognizable, and it made things like Jughead dying like mad, like it made it more powerful for me. Like when I saw like Jughead, who I know is like the super goofy, always hungry, like you know, like goofball character, seeing him so upset carrying the body of his dog was immediately more impactful than if it was just a guy I don't know. It's like, it's like if you have a character, like, if you have Batman situation, if you want to set up somebody as a badass versus, like, a, a no-name character. Like, sometimes a character so associated with something that having them as, as gets you gets you feelings for that character right away. Like, you know what I mean? I could see that. When I finished the first episode when I was reading it, the a comparison I wanted to make about why mm-hmm. I think being attached to Archie brings it down for me is I was thinking they could do something just like this with My Little Pony and I would still have the same complaint. Where it's like, you could, you could, that's like, take more this... detached from reality. Though. That's more detached. Like, there are, there are serious Archer stories in the past. No, right? but it's still, it's still like this idea of taking, like, a feel good, kind of happy series and take all these characters and you do something really dark and you try and play it straight like that while staying loyal to the characters. Yeah, people actually do that, though, by the way. People actually do computer processes of My Little Pony and the <laughs> There are, there, hey, guys, there are serious parts of My Little Pony. Discord is a serious <laughs> yeah. villain. Yeah. <laughs> And and the fact that people do that for my other point, like like even though my other point is so detached from that, and fan bases want to do that with that fucking property of all places, shows there's a demand for it. Like there's a lot of demand. For I know, that I know, there's there. a demand for it, but I just don't, I I don't, I don't buy it. I also <laughs> think that that's that's a false equivalency. That like I can suspend my disbelief a lot easier without being taken out of the story when somebody says fab than when it's a sparkly pony talking about friendship. No, I I I, I thought about the the comparison a lot. I felt like it was a very apt and fitting one. Well, you're doing one. I feel like 
Why? Yes, I threw him off his game. Yes. <laughs> what do you say about taking the Archie universe more seriously than the My Little Pony universe? Because My Little Pony is about cartoon ponies. Like they're, 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 and like, Ar- Archie's about cartoon characters. No, but they're actual people. They're people. In, they're people. They're teenagers. Aside, aside from the obvious that people want his ponies and one is humans, like My Little Pony has way more realistic human uh, moments than most shows I've seen. Yeah. Just yeah. Say. But I'm saying, like, if I was to read a like scary story, the sparkly ponies would take me out of it a lot more than like archie all right then then archie takes me out of it a lot more okay i mean (laughs) that's fine i'm unlike sly i'm not telling you fuck you you're wrong i am saying he's wrong though because i know (laughs) it's it's a bunch of fucking teenagers that goof around and you're saying you can't have this this is this equivalent to my life because it's still archie it's like doing it's like doing a brady bunch story where they turn to zombies and they're like some of them like jan gets bitten and then they're some of them are like crying and they're so sad about it and it's like this is like what are you doing to this series like if it's well written yeah. i will like it i just won't no, I, I okay but it's not about it's not about not liking it because i think everyone likes this the the question is if there was a brady bunch story like that would you be like this is better if it was well written yes i will like it, if it was well written, i'm, I'm, I'm like not it. saying you shouldn't like it i'm saying <laughs> would it be would it be better for being a brady bunch story it's hard for me to gauge because I'm a, I like I read a lot of Archie growing up, and for me this was this was like a nice little treat to see these characters done in a serious way. These characters I liked in the like kind of like childish way when I was growing up, seeing them um, taken seriously like as as a, as a, as an actual series like something like when you when you have like any other uh, thing you like as a kid when when you see like a actually well written thing featuring that and elevating the material. If I had the same feelings for Baby Bunch, I would. I appreciate that. I really would. See, I've only read Archie vs. Predator and this. It's the only Archie I know. And I felt, even with just a little bit of, like, cultural osmosis that I know about these characters, I thought it was better because of it. Because they they still were the archetypes, yeah. but it made moments... Okay. I mean, you could disagree, but for me, it made moments when, like, Archie goes to Betty because he, like, was crying and, like, had to kill his dad instead of Veronica. That was more powerful you know, to me. Do you know I groaned at that scene so hard? I liked like, it. Like, I went, come on. It's, it's, so, okay, so, so I, I don't think this is a thing we're going to agree on. Like, this no, is, I know. This is the obvious, like, comic book fan distinction, I think, here, where, like, you guys, like Sly has said, I would rather them take... A, a guy like uh, Calendar Man and make him cool then make a new character. Phil hates history. Like, he's a history teacher but he hates history. He really fucking hates history. He, he doesn't like film history. It's like any history. He wants everything to be fresh, fresh and new. He doesn't want anything. He doesn't want to be fresh. It's fucking not, burn everything. It's, hey, everything to the ground. I, so everything fresh. Everything should be... Nothing should take from anything. I'd rather just... Instead of take a guy like Calendar Man and making him badass, I'd rather just say, we fucked up with Calendar Man. Let's do something new. But sometimes... A lot of times, my problem with new things, like completely fresh things. Like, this is, like, a good example is all the attempts they've made to make superheroes not attached to comics. Almost all of them have sucked. Push, Jumper, they've all sucked. You know why? Because they're always generic. They're, all, they're always... They don't have anything unique about them versus... Uh, like, you might say, like, in comics... Like, I know uh, Ryan shits on, like, Scarlet Witch's tiara shit. <laughs> but, like, now, now when we have, like... Like, the modern uh, comics drawing Scarlet Witch's tiara, they, they draw her in a more, like, Doctor Strange mystical way. And I think it makes her look visually unique versus the movies where they draw in a more realistic, generic way. And I think it makes her look more like a generic... Uh, like Jean Grey type of character. I think you, if you take elements from these characters that that make them visually distinct and more characters distinct, I like that element because when you when you when you uh, sometimes sorry from fresh too much, make can lead to mean generic things because you're too afraid to take too many chances. Whereas if you're adapting something, you want to keep some elements of the character so it still feels like the same character. Okay, I, I can agree <laughs> with that. I, I think the I think having a a, a deep like uh, lore like history to pull from can kind of come across when you're writing a character because you're like 
you can tell that these people have been around as characters. But I don't think it's always appropriate. And I'm I'm not I, I didn't dislike this story for being Archie, but I didn't care that it was Archie. Like again, I said like I said it before, if this was a bunch of random teens, I would have enjoyed it, I think, just as much. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. The other point I was gonna make is it's sort of like when we watched uh Fan Stick and the conclusion you guys were talking to me out of that is it's really hard or if not like impossible to make the Fantastic Four a gritty like a gritty family or a gritty thing mm-hmm. yeah and that that's how i felt about archie is i just felt like it it was incompatible i think that's fair i i could disagree but i do think that that is a fair yeah I, yeah i, 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 I want to bring this up because it's relevant all of archie's modern stuff it's more like modern teen drama have stuff. you read any of the reboot stuff Sly? yeah i actually have i that came out more accusative as i meant like have you even read that shit you're talking about i have not read it but i've been interested in it afterlife archie actually changed archie comics in general like i said in archie vs predator i think they became a more interesting company in recent years i think probably because of this book but now a lot of their stuff is less the stuff the stuff you, you think of archie when you think of archie that's not archie anymore yeah i i, I think that's a good point is that my inexperience of archie is just telling people that it's like i i don't know what archie's become so i'm still kind of like holding on to this old image of archie but that's like the double-edged blade when you use uh franchises like this is that some people have an idea of what archie is that's true that's when they true. go yeah. into it that's true so did we did any of us regret reading this no no i did no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i thought it was i thought it was really great that was pretty good i it was one of those where i just wish uh, that the artist and writer... I want, I want to read something else by the artist. Well, uh, just remember, Twitter is at Divisive Issues. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You should write us reviews, because it's really helpful. You can email questions at divisiveissues at gmail.com. And I've been uh, taking a lot of questions from the Comrade Radio... I've Facebook. been Ryan Lynch. <laughs> well, I've been taking a lot of questions from the Comrade Radio Facebook group. Everyone should join it. It's public and fun and great. So that's all that stuff. Oh, and thanks to Joe for the intro. I keep forgetting to mention that. He gave it to us like, a, like when we started on Comic Radio, which is like a, year, a month and a half ago, but we didn't. <laughs> we did so a year ago. A year ago. We've been doing this forever. Yeah. Our backlog is actually that long. That's why it takes so long to answer questions. And uh, check out all the other shows uh, at ComradeRadio.com. Square Roots just started FF10 a couple weeks ago. And everyone should listen to it. So far, they like it. That might not stay. So you guys should check it out. Yeah, that game only gets better as you go into it. Yeah, I was about to say, if you like it at the beginning, like, you're just going to... Oh, well, well, I just know Matt was like, I like it so far, but I usually like these games we do, and then I hate them. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, but either way, the first episode was great. I haven't listened to the other ones yet because we're recording this in the past. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so recommendations... Uh, I, obviously, I'm gonna recommend uh, Telltale's Walking Dead games. Uh, I only nice. actually only played the first the first one, but the last time I actually gave a shit about zombies, and I me gave a shit so too. badly that I could like cry from that game. And this yeah. this comic made me feel similar. Cry for justice. Where I could, fuck you, <laughs> this, this this comic made me feel similar. Like like the it's very rare for me to watch a zombie f- or play or or read a zombie fiction where I'm like, oh my god, like this is literally like. A nightmare like zombie apocalypse is actually the worst thing that can happen on a, a to feel it on a very like emotional and visceral level like the last time i felt that way was the walking dead game i really, second really, that recommendation yeah. it was really great what about you daryl uh I, if you like the idea of going to the end of the world party at a pool play life is strange yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Phil said that was to be his recommendation. And he spoiled it, but it was a fake spoiler. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I took it. I I absorbed it into myself. It's I, I second my own original recommendation. <laughs> what is this? Because I haven't actually heard about it. Pitch it to me. It's uh, this girl finds out that she can go back in time, and so is it a TV show? No, it's a game. I've watched old co-host Sean play it, and it's great. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's a story-driven narrative game in the vein of Walking Dead. We're all like the Telltale games. I will say Daryl's complaint before about like it sucks that they're going like wet ale. Like they say really dumb shit in this game too, which have turned people off. Like for example, fuck your selfie. <laughs> but 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 because they're teenagers, you're like this is this, like teenagers do shit like. So this. if you're Archie, like, you're not allowed to do shit like that. Fuck you, Phil. Fuck you, Daryl. That was what I insisted on it. No, you you can you can do you can do stuff like that. It's just weird in this zombie story about Archie. So Life is Strange yeah. is, is perfectly like, not dark at all? It's dark. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's dark like this. Maybe that was just wrong about this point. No, that was an established <laughs> franchise before that was stupid. No, I think, I, I know, we're, we're fucking with you. Though. I'm gonna kill you, Sly! <laughs> the final Halloween twist. Uh, Psychopath Daryl is a real killer. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the door. <laughs> my my uh, recommendation is... Uh, the, the writer of this book, uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Unfortunately, it's not. Roberto says, like. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but um, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not Frank Avila, but it's another artist that I didn't know before, and now I like almost as much as Frank Avila, Robert Hack. Uh, he's not a hack, but uh, his name is Robert Hack. But uh, it's a book called Chilling Tales of Sabrina, and it was written after uh, this book came out and became popular. And it's basically part of the same line, the horror Archie line. And basically, while uh, this was going on, people were asking, like, what happens to Sabrina during all this stuff? What's happening to her in Limbo? And uh, what, because they realized there's so much demand for Sabrina, they decided to make a, a new uh, series in a separate, like, uh, uh, continuity. By the time you can guess, it's going for the same, like, classic horror uh, uh, feel as uh, Archie. And um, the thing, I, uh, I actually think it might be better, or at least scarier than this book. It's really fucking good. It goes into history of uh witchcraft and they're not witches like in harry potter like we're so used to like the fucking harry potter and all that hocus pocus witches uh these are the old type of witches where you know they fuck the devil and shit like that like this is old school <laughs> you've, you've never seen hocus pocus they talk about <laughs> how they like fuck the devil they do i mean kind of <laughs> they make jokes about it yeah yeah and they, but, and they talk about the history of uh witchcraft um like uh salem is called salem because he was at the salem witch trials like that's that's cool. And you, you see the flashback to the Salem Witch Trials. It's a really dark story, and it's really it's a story I, I have no. It's like like this book. I really love it because in both cases, I have no idea where the story is going, and I and I and for some reason, like witches are such an unexplored element in in horror recently, at least. Uh, they're pretty fucking scary. A person that could turn into a cat. Uh, have you seen The Witch? Oh, I, was, I have to see. I have to hear good things about that. Yeah, that. That's a pretty good movie about witches back in the old like Salem times. I will keep my recommendation very quick. I'm gonna recommend. Focus, focus. I'm gonna recommend *I Zombie* by Chris Robertson and Michael Allred. Basically, a girl—it's it, not scary; it's fun. But a girl is a zombie, a fully sentient zombie, and every time she, she has to eat brains, otherwise she turns into like a scary zombie. So she lives in a cemetery and eats dead people brains, and she gets their memories and tries to figure out her own past through it because she doesn't remember what she was like when she was alive. And it's a lot of fun and it's great. And they made a show that's based on a different character, but a similar premise. So if you've seen the show, the book is definitely worth reading. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for listening to our whole 
Tremble Spooktacular month. If you uh, like spook, 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 whatever. If you like big theme months, let us know because we've debated doing more, but we're not sure if it's worth. If, if like, this sucks and you guys are like tortured, that I don't want to think, just say fuck you guys, don't do any more. Yeah, just write that on our Facebook. If they were tortured, then it was good because that's like the whole Halloween theme. We're supposed that's to true. Yes, that's exactly. Now November, we're gonna do you know no shave November, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're we're not gonna shave, but we're not gonna. It's not gonna come across. We'll read the we'll read the Doom Patrol issue. That's a spoof of the Punisher called the Beard Hunter, right, guys? Sure. Okay. <laughs> a guy who wants people with beards. Oh, <laughs> uh, comics. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to divisive issues i've been zombie jughead i've been hermione i've been a my little pony horror fan fiction <laughs> and i've been Forsyth p jones the third pal to the end <laughs> stay in continuity Sugar. Independent Podcasting Network.